0: Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Let me get these levels straight. Mic check. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. We back. Surprise. (laughs) Yes, we are back. Back for another episode. Taste to consider podcast. Let's go.
1: Nah, what's really crazy is y'all really still sleep That's what's crazy That's what's crazy But it's all good, though I'll be your wake-up call Yeah Yeah Time to flip the pillow back over to the cool side Yeah, feel me I kind of like when they sleep on me, though
0: That's why
1: they call me Freddy get it let's go you had me sleeping on the fact that I was really like that but it wasn't a deep sleep it was a really light nap I finally woke up and we broke up should be illy like that it's kind of hard to play Jermaine when you really Mike Jack I might have tapped a couple times but we ain't really like that and you look good in that white dress but I can't really wipe that you had me looking at your exes like you really like that oh yeah I'm not your cup of tea I'm a tequila nightcap I gave it to you straight I was trying to give you love you gave into the hate I came through after the club and gave it to you late. That time you was in a bond, I gave it to you, Nate.
0: Y'all know it, come with it. And I can't send you whole shit. Y'all Face gotta come to podcast. Gotta me at the
1: studio and come spit it. My ben got the AMG, I gotta come kid it. My Yankee seven and a quarter, i am going come fit it. Yeah, that's my fave cap. John standing grave cap. It was SF to the death until they wave cap. Honestly, a nigga ain't forget, but I forgave cap. These hoes that had your head spinning like a wave cap. Had the scream. Screenshot all the lies had to save cap that I won't never tell no one is to the grave cap. I'm a bad bitch, but money make me behave cap. They'll still turn to the side, flavor, flave cap. Shorty fell the tests every time with a gray cap, but she get an A for the head like a Braves cap. Yes, niggas thought I was snoozing because I'm laid back. Now I'm at they next like I'm club Shay Shay cat. And I don't know why lies lie. Why they say they flies as I niggas ain't been fly this long. This is that and why do vi? who decides war rough riders, nigga ride. To die. Black Ricky's got me watching red cars driving by. Rick ain't see them guys behind. Say, you sick
0: and sit a podcast. This, my
1: dreams, every day is rising grind. I be in New Zealand at the tower, hit the sky to dine. Both had the salmon with a salad. I had fries with mine. One day in Auckland, next day in Melbourne. Juicy Fest, Louis V, then back to the hotel farm Staying at the W. L's don't get dwelled on. Dinner time at Noble Burn City, Melbourne. Looking like they're falling off. It's looking like I held on. Turning that B12. On. It's turning the females on This'll make a cool shorty Wet like a pool party Moving like I'm Aquaman It's the aqua blue body I said it's a cool party YG said a pool party Haters never close their mouth Pillow full of drool probably But this whip matching a drip The drip matching a strip I'm a sick nigga And she trying to risk catching this shit The ass poking out And her shit matching her hips
0: Or else Sakes she gotta go Can this
1: bitch And some don't know no better They just ratchet this shit They be so busy tripping They miss catching it trip i told her don't snooze and miss the moment you're with a winner now don't lose like my opponents sex you back to sleep like i use some melatonin then that's where the chris brown is deuces in the morning i'm gone
0: taste to consider podcast taste to consider podcast we are back for another episode yes indeed we are back 20 24 i was about to say 2014 <laughs> chase took us to the podcast yes indeed we are back let me officially introduce the show yes let's go It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we're back. Back for another episode. Yes, new year, new episode. I'm back. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm back. Yes. I know I left off. That's why I left it. That's why last episode on New Year's Eve, I left it open-ended because... I just wasn't sure I wasn't sure if I just needed a break or if it was the end but I just had to leave it open-ended but we are back 2024 back for another episode shout out to all of the listeners subscribers downloaders likers sharers all that good stuff shout out to all the YouTubers hold on burp already burp number one yeah shout out to everybody Shout out to all the supporters. Shout out to the haters as well. Silent haters. The haters that act like they support, but they don't, you know. Really? They really don't support. You know how it is. But um, yeah. Make sure you, if you haven't already subscribed to a Taste to Consider Network on YouTube, make sure you do it. I just popped up with a new show on the Taste to Consider Network, Taste for Words. It's a new series on Taste, uh Taste to consider network on youtube and it's a poetry series um if you check out the first episode i just released it yesterday thursday thursday evening thursday night um it will explain to you all about what this what this new series is about it's a very personal series to me um yeah so i'm excited about it um it's something that just came about it wasn't nothing that was really planned, but. I'm going with the flow um a good response so far i appreciate it um everybody who's supporting it so far you know um a new episode for taste reviews is is loading right now on YouTube. I'm looking across the room at the laptop and it's it's loading up there right now. It's about to be uh premiering in, in about uh fifty minutes or so uh so yeah. Um, I'm, I'm putting in some work right now, Taste Reviews, Drink Edition, Episode 10. So we got a new uh, whiskey for you, a familiar one, but just a different variety of that familiar uh, whiskey brand. So uh, we back for another episode, Taste to Consider podcast, the staple <laughs> of a Taste to Consider network right now. So I got to keep it going. You know, uh, there's about to be three shows coming out this week. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We moving forward. I'm feeling good. You know, I'm feeling very relaxed right now. Uh, Today, you know, I took a half day off of work. I went and got me a massage. Man, I swear, that massage just relaxed the hell out of me. Mm. Man, it was funny because... (laughs) the lady who gave me the massage she was like trying to give me a trying to tell my you know what i'm saying she was like trying to be a fortune teller up in there or whatever she was like she was like uh yeah you're gonna be a great husband you're gonna gr- be a great father <laughs> asian lady so <laughs> you know i was just laughing or whatever and i was just like okay you know you, you, sometimes god speaks the universe speaks whatever whatever you want to call it <laughs> so i was like i'll i'll receive it i'll accept it <laughs> but yeah that massage definitely relaxed me you know um move you know got got me got me loose you know what i'm saying move some energy around let some energy some some stale energy some energy that was just laying up in there out she uh one thing i like about this place that i um that I went to today is that they they stretch you um as well as give you a massage most places they just give you a massage they don't really stretch you and stuff like that because it was at one point when um she had did this stretch on me right it was a it was a back and hip stretch man all you heard was crack 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 it was my back and my hip was just cracking like crazy and soon as she did that Joan, I felt like a weight was just lifted off my shoulders I felt so light and so free or whatever, and I was just like, damn, that must have just been like a a rocking energy that was just, you know what I'm saying, sitting up in me that needed to get up out of there. So, you know, that massage was definitely good, man. I definitely needed that jump. And uh, <laughs> I got home. I took me a nap. I got up. I was like, damn, if I, am I still going to record? <laughs> I still had the, you know what I'm saying, I still had – the energy to record i still had the desire to record but i was just so relaxed i you know what i'm saying i was questioning it i was like damn do I, I maybe i just need to continue to rest for the you know what i'm saying for the rest of the day but you know what i'm saying we here i took a shower after the you know what i'm saying after my nap you know what i'm saying got refreshed you know what i'm saying clean myself up got myself ready for the show pregame a little bit so we here right now so this show today um it wasn't nothing that, that was really playing, honestly. Um, I've been meaning to watch this interview on uh, YouTube from the Hardly Initiated podcast with Dr. Umar on it because I kept seeing clips on of it uh, on on social media. So some of the clips, I was like, you know what I'm saying, I felt like it was, it was worth, you know, bringing... The clips to the show so i started watching in the podcast in anticipation for uh the show and the podcast is like three hours long so i was like bruh i ain't gonna be sitting here on one episode talking about a three-hour podcast that's gonna make this podcast three hours so i was like let me just go through you know uh what i can right now so this is gonna be a parter, you know what i'm saying this part one right here So I went through, you know, probably like a good hour and some change or whatever and went through, um, a few of the, uh, topics that they was talking about in the early stages of the podcast. So I made a couple of notes on, um, you know, which clips I wanted to talk about, but shit, it was pretty much damn near all the way through from what I watched so far. So just bear with me when I, you know what I'm saying? I go through the clips and I try to get them queued up and stuff like that but I felt like you know what I'm saying it was important for me to um talk you know what I'm saying play these clips and you know what I'm saying talk about it a little bit because you know even though majority of the what I watched so far was about relationships um in the black community but I felt as though this is an actual intelligent conversation and it's just not based off of You know what I'm saying? Uh, People's projections or their insecurities and stuff like that. It was actually an educated conversation. If you don't know who Dr. Umar is, he's a clinical psychologist. He's an actual um, doctor psychologist. And um, you know what I'm saying? He brought some some interesting things to the table in this conversation. I've been following Doctor Umar for some years now, probably shoot over ten years now. Um, I don't agree with everything he says, um, and y'all already know that. I ain't the type, the person. I ain't the type of person that follows any and every person's word just because they got a degree or they're quote unquote educated and sh- and stuff like that. So. You know, everything that he talks about and he believes in and stuff, I don't agree with because he's a human, just like the rest of us. So he had, you know, I'm saying he has things. I won't say ulterior motives, but he has he has an agenda, so to speak, in a lot of his messages based on who he is and how he came up and stuff, just like the rest of us. You know, nobody really has a pure message or a pure outlook or perspective on life. Because we've all gone through things, so our perspective and our outlook on life is shaped around the things that we've gone through, so I don't agree with everything that he says just because he he's a quote unquote doctor, and he has experience in a in a space that most of us don't have, you know what I'm saying, because we all have some sort of of uh, lived experience, and we bring something to the table based on that, whether it's is is Negative or positive it is it is those perspectives are worthy because they'll add <laughs> something <laughs> to the table on whether you need to believe it, walk away from it, not believe it, convert it to it whatever you y'all know what I'm talking about I hope y'all know what I'm talking about. I know everybody won't get get what I'm saying because some people are just so stubborn and stuff like that that they don't wanna hear another person's opinion and stuff like that. But this is a Taste to Consider podcast. And Taste to Consider podcast is open to all people's perspectives, opinions, and all that other stuff. So we're going to rock with, you know what I'm saying, some of the things that he had to say so far in this episode. So I'm going to go through some of the clips that I made note of so far that I watched. And the next episode will go a little further than that. And you know what I'm saying, we'll we'll see how the conversation goes. <laughs> so before I get started and everything, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel with Taste to Consider Network, make sure you do it. I appreciate that. Taste to Consider Network on Instagram. Um, you know what I'm saying, do all the good things like share follow all that good stuff it doesn't cost you anything you don't even got to come out your pockets for it you ain't even got to check your bank account afterwards when you do it you know what i'm saying just just do it (laughs) so let me pull this stuff up and we gonna get started all right uh here we go welcome to harley all right so i'm gonna start with this first clip man it's at it's at four minutes it's at the four minute mark so let me do my little uh finger finger uh i'm trying to get it just right um on the on the dial for 404 time 404 all right so i keep getting that all right all right so we're gonna start right here 409 because i can't get 404 (laughs) with my finger (laughs) all right here we go all right hold on hold on Alright, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try one more time. We gotta get 404. 404. Dang, that joint would not let me get 404. 404. 404. See, I said I was gonna screen, screen uh record all of the clip, clips, but it was just too many clips. I was like, man, I'm just gonna play the joint off of um <laughs> off of the YouTube. So here we go right here. I'm just gonna start at four minutes. Alright, here we go. This is the closest I can get. So here we go right here. And I'ma stop and 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 comment in between, you know, cause some of the clips and some of the conversations, some of the clips that I noted are are, you know, kinda kinda long. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna make this episode long. So even if we don't get to all the clips that I I noted for this episode, then we'll just catch up later. It ain't no big thing. And then I'll adjust I'll and, you know what I'm saying, um, do something differently uh, for the next episode. So here we go right here at the four minute mark.
2: We see that the rise of the single black mother led household doesn't begin until the 70s. Up until then, most of our homes had a mother and a father. So slavery didn't destroy the black family. We stayed married through slavery. I know my ancestors in particular, they kept the family together through slavery. So it wasn't slavery that did it. It was the economic disintegration of the black community. So after they assassinated Dr. King, the U.S. government decided upon a policy to destroy the black man's ability to fund any future civil rights efforts. So they came into the inner cities and they took out all the all the factory jobs, stripped the black man of his ability to earn Remember, up until the 70s, they were not pushing go to college in order to be a success. You could live a decent life working in any of the major inner cities as a laborer. So they took that out. Then they went into the high schools and stripped the high schools of the industrial building training programs. So carpentry, auto mechanic, welding, roofing, uh, electric, plumbing. They yeah. took all that out. Those was the skills that paid the bills. In essence, what they did was they made the black man economically irrelevant to the black woman. Mm-hmm. I want to say that one more
0: time. Yeah. The seven- And I'm going to stop it right here. And this has been a conversation um, that I've talked about plenty of times before on this podcast. Um, but I totally agree with his assessment right there. And I take it back to... You know what I'm saying? A long time ago when we talking about W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington and their ideologies and how W.E.B. Du Bois, he believed that all black people needed to go to college and get degrees and stuff like that. And you know what I'm saying? Be um, entrenched in higher education. And Booker T. Washington, he was he had the ideology of black people learning trades and you know what I'm saying, always being able to have a a way to make a living for themselves. And I didn't really, like, I knew about the, these, these two people's, I knew about their ideologies um, because I was big into black history growing up, but I didn't really understand it until I became old enough and started working. And I wish I really understood these ideologies and just wasn't in a position to follow the quote unquote American dream of at the high school you go to college and then get a job and all this other stuff i I'm more of the i'm more on the side of Booker T Washington, where you should learn a trade. And then if you want to go get your degree, that's what you should do. Because by having a trade, you always have a way to make a living. And I wish, you know what I'm saying, I had, you know, uh, more guidance in that area. And that would have been the route that I would have took first before going to college and getting my bachelor's degree. Because I didn't start using my bachelor's degree until 2017 when i started podcasting <laughs> my uh i got my bachelor's degree bachelor's of science and communications um concentration in broadcast production broadcast journalism broadcast and whatever you want to call it however many times they want to change the name of it but i didn't really start doing it until then granted when i was in college uh before i uh got my degree, I did an internship, and I did some freelance work and stuff like that afterwards, but I didn't really have anything after that freelance work. After that freelance work, um, I started working as a government contractor, and I've been working as a government contractor since, um, shoot, I was working as a government contractor while I was in college, you know what I'm saying, I was working, you know what I'm saying, um, at night as a government contractor, and then I started, you know, uh, in 2005, I started working full-time as a government contractor, and I've been doing what I've been doing now since 2005. And it ain't really something that I wanted to do. It has nothing to do with my degree or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I make decent money right now. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm able to take care of myself on my own. Um I got my home, I'm able to pay my mortgage, all my bills, car note, all that good stuff, but it's not necessarily fulfilling and it's not necessarily stable. And if I had a trade, if I knew about having a trade, then that would have been the route that I would have went first. I would have went and got a trade first and then maybe I would have went to college after that. Because when you think about it, If you look at a lot of people who work trades, uh, plumbers, electricians, HVAC people, barbers, all that, those type of jobs like that. That's in today's society. That's looked down upon in some in some aspects. But these people be a lot of these people make great money. A lot of these people make six six figures. You know what I'm saying? Doing these trades and stuff because this is a a lot of these trades are jobs that always have a need and will never go away. Like you always gonna need a plumber, you always gonna need an electrician, you always need gonna need an HVAC person, you always gonna need a barber, a beautician, and stuff like that. You always gonna need these people throughout life. It doesn't matter how the economy goes, how. The society moves. You always going to need these people, a con- um, carpenters, um, construction people. All oh, you always going to need these people. So I wish I knew this back in the day. But let me go back to the clip.
2: These was the beginning of the process of making the black man economically irrelevant to the black woman. A man's primary responsibility is to protect. And and this is why
0: I say this conversation is is important. Um, as opposed to the other conversations that we always see on social media with the back and forth with black men and black women and all that other stuff, because it, it goes deeper than just what you bring into the table, how much money you make, what date you gonna take me on, what clothes you got, what car you drive, all that other bullshit. You know what I'm saying? This is going. This conversation right here is going deeper. And that's why I felt like this conversation was important. So let me get back to the clip.
2: To provide, we can protect... But the providing is the issue. Now, you fast forward that 65 years until now, since Dr. King's assassination, a lot of our women don't understand the political history that brought about the economic devastation of the black male. If my woman makes more money than me, that in and of itself is not a problem unless she attributes the reason she makes more money than me to the fact that I'm lazy. I'm shiftless, I'm irresponsible, I'm unaccountable. It's the interpretation of the reality that's our problem.
0: And he's very correct on that, the interpretation. And this is why I'm, I'm always on the side of Malcolm X talking about how in the black community, we are political chumps because we will just follow behind trends and what, our community is used to doing instead of actually being intelligent about what they are doing to us. And like you said, the black family always has been important all the way up to the 70s. And then once they assassinated Malcolm, Martin, and you had the rise of the Black Panther Party in the 70s, that's when it really started getting real. And that's when they really had to get deep into trying to infiltrate and get rid of the black man being a patriarch or a provider and protector in the community.
2: Because if my woman makes more money than me, then so be it. That shouldn't necessarily be an issue unless she feels some types of way about that, or if I feel some type of way about that, because it does go both ways. You have sisters who feel like they can emotionally abuse and emasculate brothers if they have more education and income. Mm. On the flip side, you got brothers who cannot accept a relationship where the woman out earns and out educates him. Mm. So it can go both ways, but that can. Economic-
0: and that's the problem, right there. You know. The way the narrative has been going and how, you know, whether you believe it or not, how they how s- white supremacy and feminism has infiltrated our community. It has a lot of the black women in our community believing black men ain't crap because we don't make more money, same amount of money as them that we can't be providers unless we make more money than them. That makes absolutely no sense. A black man, whether no matter how much money he makes, still has his strength, his intelligence, his will, his desire, his confidence. He still adds something to the family or adds something to a woman is not all about money but the way the narrative has shifted and infiltrated our community that makes black women think and even to some black men that money is the only important thing like you can have a household with a black man making what 70 80 thousand dollars a year his woman making a hundred thousand dollars a year That black man still can take out the trash. He can still fix stuff around the house. He can still protect the kids. He can still protect the woman. He can still make conscious, intelligent decisions for everybody. He can still collaborate and partner with his wife. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, that $20,000, $30,000 difference shouldn't mean nothing. And then when you think about it, Who cares about the $20,000, $30,000 difference when you're supposed to be partners and bringing the money together? So that's $180,000, $170,000 a year that y'all bringing together. That's just one aspect of the actual partnership. And y'all know how I feel about the terms relationship and partnership. Partnership is the most important term. And how I always say words are just as important as actions because words have meaning behind behind them. And those words provide a direction for those actions. And if you don't know the meaning of words, then you just out there.
2: piece is major because we're the only men in America who are out earned by our women. We're the only ones and it's by design. Now, when you come to YouTube and you see the back and forth banter between the men and the women, a lot of that is due to poor political education and understanding of the reality.
0: Poor political education. Political chumps. Like Malcolm has said, we are political chumps.
2: Trauma. See, we got to understand when we get emotional, we're dealing with our unconscious pains and memories. Nobody's in the present moment when you get emotional. The minute you
0: are overrun by your emotions, that's your trauma talking. And that's the key thing right there. And this is something that, you know what I'm saying, I even had to learn about myself um, when I started going to therapy. When you're caught up into your emotions, you're irrational. You're not thinking in the present moment, you're not thinking logically. And sorry to say this but women tend to get more emotional than men and when they do they thinking irrationally they're thinking illogically and they're not in the present moment and not thinking about working together not thinking about the end game the end goal all they thinking about is their emotions right then and there and emotions feelings are fleeting they are are uh, like the wind. They like waves. They they you might think they matter in the moment, but when those waves come, when that wind come, what do you have then? What did you What did you do in that mist of the hurricane? Did you destroy your relation? Did you res- Did you destroy your partnership? <laughs> Or did you ride the wave? Work things out until they come. Or ride the wave until they come and then work things out.
2: And one of the reasons black male female relationships are so dysfunctional is you got traumatic man trying to relate to traumatic woman.
0: And then think about it. Like just what he said. Think about ladies. Think about it. When y'all dated men and and dealt with men, been in a relationship or a partnership with a man if he got emotional. You looked at him like this nigga, this dude is acting like a bitch. <laughs> this, he acting like a bitch. So think about if, if you looking at him and saying that, think about how you're acting in those moments when you're being overly emotional. It ain't no Just because you're a woman doesn't give you the excuse to act that way when you're emotional. If you look at that dude as acting like a a little weak ass dude or a bitch. Then maybe that's what you're acting like as well. That means that you are not in control of your emotions. If you want a man to be in control of his emotions. To be calm, steady and stuff like that then you should have that same desire for yourself. But a lot of times, there's a lot of women out here that have gone through traumatic situations and they're trying to get a rise out of a dude because they want him to feel the same pain that they're feeling. And there are dudes out there that's the same way. Dudes out there that don't know how to control their emotions and stuff like that, and they want... Somebody to feel the same way that they feeling. Neither one of them is dealing with the person across the table because they're both reacting from
2: past hurt. Past which hurt. is why I believe that when you get out of one relationship before you go into another one, you need a period of healing. Because if in fact you were in love, it's going to take you a while to heal your soul back because love is the process of two becoming one. So if that was really love before you move on, you got to take a break and heal.
0: The problem jumps. I understand what he's saying about that and I and I agree to a certain extent but I feel as though if you're self-aware enough to to know yourself and to understand emotions and feelings and you've gone through a healing process already and if a relationship doesn't work out because of another person's trauma and stuff like that and it the relate the relationship or partnership ends and You're a person who's gone through a healing journey. You're self-aware of your emotions and what emotions and feelings can do to a person. I don't think you necessarily need to take a break. But if you are a person who hasn't gone through a healing journey or just beginning a healing journey or aren't self-aware of your feelings and emotions, then, yeah, you probably should take a break. But a lot of people, even when they do take a break or whatever, they have ulterior motives behind that break. You know what I'm saying? They looking at it as revenge. And you see it all the time on social media where you you see these memes and all these videos of people talking. The best revenge is 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 leveling up and all this other stuff like that. You never hear nobody talking about, you know, what I'm saying, OK, this person hurt me or this relationship end ended. So let me go heal right now and then I'll come back. You don't never hear that shit. You always hear about, I'm going to get my money up. I'm going to level up. I'm going to get a new man with more money. Or I'm going to get a chick that's finer and all this other stuff. You don't never hear nobody talking about no healing. So you got to watch out for people like that. Because a lot of people got good good girlfriends and homies and, and aunties and mothers and daddies and uncles that be talking that same stuff and be passing it on to you
2: is we don't like to take the break and heal. Mm. And the reason why Black men and Black women don't like to take the break to heal is when you are in solitude. Mm. And this is why spirituality functions on a foundation of solitude. When you are alone, your soul forces to the surface issues in your life that you need to address that you don't feel like addressing. Mm. So the reason I'm rushing out to get another woman isn't because I'm ready to build another relationship. Mm. It's because when I'm home alone, I deal with my abandonment of my mother. I deal with my sexual abuse of my uncle. I deal with the emotional emasculation I suffered from my mother. I'm dealing with the bullying from my siblings. You see that. So how do you escape your internal demons? You run out and you date. And so in the black community, dating and mating has become the newest drug. It's how we escape from taking responsibility for our emotional health.
0: Wow. Exactly. And a lot of people, they use relationships to feed their egos, validate themselves, and not deal with the healing that they need to do on their own. And you can you can be in a relationship or a partnership and still work on healing yourself, but you actually got to be self-aware of your traumas, your, you know what I'm saying, your issues and stuff like that, because even in that solitude, you can, you can deal with these things, but you always need relationships for practice, and when I say that, I'm not just meaning romantic relationships, because as I always say on this podcast, everything Every person you deal with in your life, whether you know them or not, that is a relationship. That's why I say there's a distinction between relationships and partnerships. Partnerships is when you're actually working together with somebody, collaborating with them. Relationships, you can relate with anybody. You can relate with the person in the store. You can relate with the person on the road. You can relate to just a random associate. But you have to be out in the world in order to practice these situations because you're never going to be fully healed to the point where nothing bothers you nothing triggers you healing is linear and when i when you know that term gets thrown around a lot healing is, is 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 i think i even messed it up healing is not linear you know what i'm saying it's not a straight line you know what i'm saying it will be moments where you know, what I'm saying you think you're fully healed from a situation, but then you're not. And you think you're regressing. You think you backtrack. You be like, damn, oh, my goodness, man, I thought I was healed from this shit. You know, what I'm saying, oh, my goodness, I need to do more work and all this other stuff. No, that's not that's not the case. You know, what I'm saying you're going to be working on yourself from the to the day you die. You're going to be growing, evolving to the day you die. When he talk about spirituality, this this. The place we at right now, this the earth and all this plane, this existence and all that other stuff, this is a learning playground. This is a playground, not in the terms of you just playing around, but this is this is where you get experiences. This is where you get learning experiences. This is where you test yourself. This is where you get tests brought to you and stuff like that. So. You know, what I'm saying solitude isn't always the best thing. And this is coming from a person who has been in solitude since he was a kid. You know, what I'm saying I'm used to always being by myself and all that other stuff. And it got to the point where I got older, where I got so used to it, where, you know, I shielded myself and and solitude was the best thing for me because I didn't really have to deal with anything. So solitude isn't an indicator of whether you're healed or not. It's not. You have to be out there in the world and experience relationships, romantic, platonic, associative, whatever, in order to gauge and work on things that you struggle with. So that was the first clip. Let me move on down the line to the next uh clip um at the nine minute mark, nine thirty minute mark so let me try to let me get let me try to get there and let me see let me see my finger I need a bigger phone I should have like I need like a okay here we go now, the nine thirty mark but I'm at nine twenty-four <laughs> so we're gonna start right here at the nine twenty-four mark all right let me get it back oh, I lost it I lost it all right kept damn I lost it See, this is what I'm talking about right here. All right, let me pull it back up. Let me all right. So nine, 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 damn. All right, here we go. Nine twenty four. Here we go. I was sweating trying to get to that job. All right, here we go. Nine twenty four mark. Do we have things in place right now for us to have realistic solution?
2: I don't think so. And the reason why I don't believe we are there yet, if I look at it from a therapeutic standpoint, in order for me to get to a place of resolve, to a place of solution, I have to be willing to empathically hear the other side out.
0: And that's something that a lot, of, a lot of people don't understand empathy. And that's why I say words are important. You can talk about actions all day if you want. But if you don't understand words, if you don't understand words, because just like I was talking about on the first episode of Taste for Words, everything starts with a thought. Then it moves to words. Then it moves to actions. Then it moves back to words. Then it moves back to thoughts. These, this is a cycle. So all of these things are equally important. Stop following these dumbass cliches and these people talking that, that BS. Because a lot of people talking BS and a lot of these people are projecting. Words and the meaning of those words are important. A lot of people don't understand what empathy is. A lot of people don't understand what sympathy is. So, back to the clip.
2: We don't hear the other side. We talk to each other, but we do not listen. It's yelling. The women are yelling at the brothers. The brothers are yelling at the women. I have yet to hear a serious conversation on YouTube that that involved reflective listening. So, sister, based on what you're telling me, you hurt because you have had man after man come into your life, use you for your physical assets and fail to invest in you as a woman. Am I hearing you? Yes, you're hearing me. How can we do better as men to not disappoint
0: our women? And he's absolutely right. People don't understand what communication is. Like I said earlier in the show, I'm a communications major. I I, I thought because I was a communications major that I was a good communicator. Wrong. Wrong. I'm not. I wasn't a good communicator. I'm a better communicator than what I was, but I'm I'm still not sitting I'm still not gonna sit here and say that I'm a great communicator. Because there are different aspects to communication. Communicating isn't just about talking, it's about listening. More importantly, the most important thing, like you talk about cliche terms. Like this cliche term right here is the best. You got two ears to listen, one mouth <laughs> Whatever that cliche is, but y'all know what I'm talking about. So, comprehension is more important than the communicating part, the talking part of communication. A lot of people don't listen to respond. A lot of people just let the person talk so they can get, so they can hurry up and get out what they gotta say. People don't listen. People do not listen because people are stuck in their egos. They stuck in their trauma. They stuck in their projections. They stuck in their validations. And they just want to be. Shoot. Let me add another one. Defensiveness. People are just trying to defend themselves, all that other stuff. People stuck. It's just it's just crazy. We aren't communicating out here. We aren't communicating properly. We aren't working together and that's why i say partnerships is that's the goal partnerships partnerships you're collaborating working together with each other you have a goal if you want to be with somebody you have to work to be with somebody but of course social media got it where Everything got to be peaches and cream. Everything got to be perfect, sunshines and rainbows. And then you got already the programming of Disneyland going on where the man just caters to everything that you say, and he just don't matter at all.
2: <laughs> you see, here's the situation. As we know, the woman is the first teacher of the child. So that's scorn. Unconsciously, she's not doing it on purpose, but the scorn is being passed down to the daughter. You see that. So the daughter is being raised with this animosity towards black men before she's even old enough to date or understand what it is. So if we as men want to improve the relationship.
0: And it's just not it's just not you talked about mothers being the first teacher. Absolutely correct. And I talked about this plenty of times before I had a whole episode on it before the Willie Lynch theory and how. Black mothers during the slavery times because of buck breaking and all that other stuff that was going on. They felt that they needed to protect and shield their sons from those things. That a lot of black mothers out here create the exact men that gives them trouble, that gives them problems that they hate, that they despise. Because they don't allow them to be masculine. They don't allow them to be men. They don't allow them to be decision makers. They don't allow them to be strong. They don't allow them to be rebellious. They don't allow them to be fighters.
2: opportunities for our grandchildren's grandchildren we have to be much more careful with the hearts of our women because whatever pain we put in her she's going to transmit psychosocially to her daughter without even being
0: not just her daughter but her son and that's why i say i don't agree with everything that he says you know what i'm saying i think you need to expand on that because it's a lot of women out here that hate their sons because of the father's For whatever reason, because they look like them, because they have certain similarities or certain, you know, movements, cadences, whatever. Or just because they're fucking angry. Excuse the language.
2: (laughs) Conscious of it. So we're not just dealing with the failure of black on black love right now. We're dealing with the failure of black on black love for the rest of the century.
0: Yes, because it's a cycle it gets passed down and passed down. You got these mothers that hate their sons because of the fathers, and then these sons grow up to be men and wind up hating black women. They don't want to deal with a black woman because of what they went through as a child with their black mother. And then you have this black mother that passed down this hatred, this disdain to their black daughters and then they'll grow up, go out in the world, have this same disdain, hatred, dislike, or whatever for black men. End up having a black son. So it, it it's a seesaw effect. It's a cycle as well as a seesaw effect. So. Alright, let me move on to the next <laughs> the next clip. <laughs> this is at the um eleven twenty-six. Eleven six. Eleven twenty six. I got it. Damn, I can only get to all right, so I'm gonna get to eleven twenty. Eleven twenty, that's that's the That's the closest I could get. (laughs) I swear I'm going to be better next episode. Next episode. I'm going to put more. I'm going to try to put more work into just doing some screen, some screen recording. All right, here we go. Community into a matriarch at that point in time. True. Are we still there in 2024?
2: The matriarchy isn't in and of itself a problem
0: because not all African societies are. And I'm going to stop right there real quick because I've said this before. The black community has always been a matriarch society. That's why it's always funny when I see black, quote unquote, feminist women talking about black men benefiting from patriarchy. It's not the case. In order to benefit from patriarchy, you have to be able to have power and have a system in place to push that out there. Black men don't have that. We don't. And then when you talk about the black family, in america it's always been a matriarchy you can look at it, it's it's been all on it's all on tvs movies throughout history and you just know it through your own family who is revered more in the black family than your grandma or your mother or your auntie or your great aunt or whatever who's always the one speaking up in control. The women. The men pretty much just go off to the side and do their own thing. They don't want to deal with it most of the time. Who's always in, in the kitchen cooking? Who's always making sure the house is clean? Who's always taking care of the home, taking care of the babies? The women. Black culture has always been, black American culture has always been the matriarchy. Even when you think about going back to the civil rights movement and stuff like that, you have the men out on the road and the women taking care of the family. The men that come home, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, whoever, whoever whatever activist it was at that time, they will come home and be pretty much strangers in the house to the woman and the kid. The woman will be the strongest one in the family unit because she was holding everything down. She was holding everything down for the man as well as the kids in the household and making sure the community was straight. You have all the black women pooling together to making sure the, the, the home base was straight for when the men would come home, if they came home.
2: Patriarchal, you have matriarchal African societies. The issue is when the woman feels that because she's had to bear the brunt of responsibility for raising the children and paying the bills, that the man should have no voice. Mm. So matriarchy by itself is not a problem. Patriarchy alone is not a problem. It's only when we take this matriarchy,
0: patriarchy, and marry it to a European narrative. Exactly. And that's why I say we get too caught up into following behind what white people doing, how white people have been conducting themselves, comparing ourselves to white people and what they doing instead of handling our business and making sure that we were straight first. We always got to compare ourselves to what the white community is doing. You look at all the other races, ethnicities in in America right now, Asian community, Hispanic community, um, all... Whatever community. They don't care about what the white people doing. That's why you got. The Hispanic community. They taking care of their business. They. Ten deep in the house. Taking care of their selves. Their families. You got the Asians. In their separate communities. Japanese. Chinese. All that other stuff. Taking care of their own selves. Having their businesses and stuff like that. Granted. The system of white supremacy system around that won't allow us to a certain degree to do this. But. At the same time, they not pining for the validation of the white community, but we are. We feel as though we're not worthy unless we live in the same way as they are, the white community.
2: That says, because I'm the breadwinner in this home, I don't have to listen to the other person. We devalue the role of the man and we devalue the role of the woman based on European values. Right. Because guess what? How much you earn has nothing to do with what you can contribute to the system and to these children. Exactly. So all of us have been influenced
0: negatively. We think money is the only thing that that can be provided for a successful partnership or a successful family no teachings no experiences no uh, values no morals or anything matter only thing that matters is money and that's why we will always be in this position that's why we will always be behind the eight ball that's why we will always be political chumps because we only focus on money and materialistic things we think that's the only thing that matters
2: By the white man's power structure to the point where even in our house, he's still operating at a distance through the way that we think. Take economics, money and sex, those two variables play too big of a role in our relationships. Sex is important. Money is important. But they should not be the be-all and end-all of whether or not the relationship is going to make sense. And if money and sex are dominating the relationship, the relationship is being ran on a superficial structure because
0: money runs out. Mm. How you perform in bed? No job is safe. Like you said, money runs out. No job is safe and anything like that. So if your relationship is based off of money and sex, the pleasures, the, the the quote unquote pleasures of life, then you have nothing. You have no type of foundation because those pieces can be broken at any time. Those just those just accessories. T- those those are supposed to be just accessories. To the foundation. If you look at an example of a house, your values, morals, your boundaries, your goals, your plans supposed to be the foundation of the house. Sex, money, and all that other good stuff is just accessories. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's, you know, whether you're going to get hard floors or, you know what I'm saying, tile floors or if you're going to have a concrete counter or uh, um damn I, i'm blanking right now but y'all know what i mean if you're gonna have um stainless steel appliances or if you're gonna have white appliances black appliances if you're gonna have <laughs> if you're gonna have uh <laughs> i'm just blanking and it's crazy that i'm blanking because all i do is watch HGTV. <laughs> well let me just go back to the clip <laughs> that
2: will dim over time too. So we cannot be coming together for money and sex because if that's the case, this really isn't a relationship, it's a pleasure contract. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us in the
0: community... But I look at that, you know what I'm saying? He He has his terms, relationship and pleasure contract. But that's why I say there's a difference between partnership and relationship. The relating part is just the superficial things to me. The relationship part is superficial. Like I always said on this podcast, you can relate with anybody. I can go out here right now and relate with some with just a random chick. You know what I'm saying? I can relate with her uh because we both like bowling or we both like movies or we both like cigars or we both like whiskey. But after that, if there's nothing else, if we can't, you know what I'm saying, respect each other, if we can't have healthy communication where we listening to each other, having healthy comprehension, you know what I'm saying, working on plans. Or if we can't, you know, um, agree to disagree and still keep it moving, if we aren't, you know what I'm saying, ghosting each other or, you know what I'm saying, quick to be angry with something or, you know... um. We can't forgive, then there's no foundation there. There's nothing. There's no partnership there.
2: Community have pleasure contracts we call relationships. And the difference between a pleasure contract and a relationship is a relationship requires obligation and accountability. See, when you have a pleasure contract, I sex my queen when I sex.
0: A partnership is based on accountability partnership if you ain't got no accountability in the partnership that means that you're working together so no matter what whether you get angry or not but we still we still know what the goal is of our relationship we still know that you know what i'm saying even even when you think about love you know what i'm saying you can be in love with somebody love somebody but love is 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 abstract you know what i'm saying even when you have two people coming together they will have different viewpoints on what love is to them. But if you say, if these two people say that they love each other, they're in love with each other, those feelings, their their, their love for each other is not always going to be the same. Because it's it's abstract. They came up from different backgrounds and stuff like that. But if you're in a partnership, then you understand okay I love this person I'm in love with this person and you know what I'm saying even if this person pisses me off one day I'm still invested in this relation this partnership I'm still invested in this partnership you know I'm just not going to when they they piss me off I'm going to just walk away or I'm going to ghost them and stuff like that but that's what the age of social media has 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 made it to be that you know as soon as somebody pisses you off then, you know, I can just walk away and it just be that, you know, saying Um, my total goal right now is to only protect myself. That's all I care about is protecting myself. And that's why you got a lot of black men and black women out here single right now because they don't want to work.
2: We go to the movies when we want to go to the movies. We go to the Bahamas when we want to go to the Bahamas. We go to the festival when we want to go to. It's all pleasure based.
0: I see you when you want to see me. And that's what that's what I call relating. That's what I call relationship. You can easily just have go have fun with somebody and that be cool. You can easily just have sex with somebody and that, that be cool. You know what I'm saying? These are fleeting moments. These are temporary um, Temporary um dang what's the word temporary uh i can't think of the word right now i can't stand when i be blanking it's just temporary you know i'm saying moments that's you know i'm saying pleasurable and that's what relating is all about that's what relationships is all about sure you can start out as a relationship you know i'm saying relating that's, you know, what I'm saying the dating phase, you know, what I'm saying it was fun and all that other stuff. But then you got to come to the point where you're going to have to figure out if this person is worth a, a partnership, a person that is worth. Building something with collaborating with.
2: You see me when you want to see me relationship i'm accountable to you whether we having fun or not that's
0: part relationship
2: of your long-term best interest as a human being is part of my responsibility a lot of people are calling pleasure contracts and situationships which is when neither one of you really know what the
0: hell it is. i can't stand that term situationship there's just people making up shit situationship is the same thing as a relationship there's just people just relating for whatever is going to make them feel good at the moment is
2: we're calling them relationships and they're not so number one we got to be honest about what the, the the particular structure is is this situationship we're just trying to figure it out is this a pleasure contract we just having fun in and out of the bed when we feel like it or is this a relationship where you're going to be accountable to me even when you are angry and upset and don't want to be bothered what exactly is this because there's a big difference and unfortunately because we don't communicate with the women in our lives as men, once they open their legs, they.
0: And that goes both ways. It just ain't no man communicating with women. It's women communicating with men. It's a lot. It's this people period. It's a lot of people that don't communicate period because they are afraid of rejection. They're afraid of rejection and abandonment. They're afraid that the person is going to say no they're afraid they're going to get rejected. They're afraid they're going to get abandoned. So people don't speak up heard. It just ain't no man or woman thing. You know what I'm saying? We talk all this stuff about men leading or whatever. Yes, men should be leaders. But everybody should be communicating, man and woman. Both people in this partnership supposed to be communicating with each other. It just ain't up for up to a man to be the only one communicating and setting the goals it's supposed to be a collaboration sure it's some women out here that just want to be with a dude that's just telling them what to do cool if that's what you want to do do that but you ain't gonna sit here and tell me i don't care who you are what degree you got or whatever that it's just supposed to be a man leading all the time and making up all the rules boundaries and structures and morals and values and place no it's two people coming together as one so they should be working together point blank and period
2: ...to assume that there's some sort of a relationship here. Yeah. No matter how minuscule, we never clarify that. And the reason we never clarify that is in our selfishness as men, we like to have our cake and eat it too. So we know she's developing a bond, you understand. But we're never going to clarify the bond because I want to be able to dip out the back door the minute she...
0: See, and this, this is why I talk about why I don't agree with everything he says. You can't just put that on all men in general. There's a select... M- m- there's a select few of men out here that, yeah, that, that know these things, that know that a woman is will easily bond to a man and they can just get away with what they want. But then at the same time, there's women that do the same thing. But ultimately, you can't put that on all men in general saying that, you know, that they understand this because that's not the case because there's plenty of men that I know out here that would sit here and ask a woman what she wants, how she wants to do things and all this other stuff, and they don't really say anything or they don't want to be truthful about it because they're afraid of rejection and abandonment and stuff like that. So th- this got to come to, and this is why, this is one of the issues that I had with uh, Dr. Umar's ideologies of it just being the man doing everything and, all the time because it that just it's just not it is not <clears throat> it is not i'm blanking i'm blanking it is not reality it's not reality there's no way that i'm gonna be in a partnership with a woman and she ain't saying shit. i don't want that i want you to communicate because By you giving me your feedback, that allows me to make a better decision for myself as well as us. That's why there needs to be a collaboration. You can't make a decision just based off of, for two people based off of one person. If you really want the man to lead, you have to communicate with that man. And if you trust that man, then that pretty much is the foundation for your communication. You, you trust him enough for you to be vulnerable to tell him what you want, what you don't want, what makes you feel comfortable, uncomfortable with all that other stuff, and then he is supposed to lead from there puts
2: too much responsibility on me. Where had if you told her up front this is just a pleasure contract and arrangement, she could have probably done a better job of keeping her feelings to herself. But because we don't want to see her with nobody else, we would rather run the risk of of, of of hurting her spiritually and emotionally than let
0: her go free to find see he's he's speaking in general. But that's that doesn't need to be the case because that is just a select few of dudes that do that. And you know what I'm saying? We all known know and known of guys have done this, whether it's been ourselves at some point in our lifetime or whatever. But it, that's not a general, that shouldn't be a general statement. And he's talking about putting the responsibility or whatever. You can't, you can't put that, that weight on all black men's shoulders of saying that that's what they do. And that's how we all operate.
2: She really needs Mm. selfishness plays a big role in this.
0: It sounds good. You know what I'm saying? It it sounds good. It, it, it makes for, you know, um, some good simping conversations, (laughs) but that's not reality. That's not reality. All right. Moving on to the next clip. Let me see. Is it the 1532 mark? Let me see if I can get there. 1532, 1532, 1532. All right. I can't get the 1532, but I got the 1529. Here we go. <laughs>
1: 1529. Sex, what should be at the root of a healthy
2: relationship? For me, the, the 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 foundation of a healthy relationship. First of all, let's deal with the four essentials. In order for the relationship to work at all, you got to have humility. A lot of times we don't have humility. If the relationship is based on ego, it's not a relationship. You see that ego means you hear me, but I don't have to hear you.
0: I agree That's with not that. a
2: relationship. That's
0: a master slave. Rela- I agree with that. And that goes both ways. I'm, I've seen it. I've experienced it. And, uh, son mother way in a relationship way in a partnership way it goes both ways it definitely goes both ways people stuck in their ego because of their fears and their, their traumas and their projections that they got from other people it goes both ways Relationship
2: when you have one person who has all the power and the other person who does not and to that point That is a very toxic situation we see in our community, too, where the woman is the slave master and the man is the slave or the man is the slave master and the woman is the slave. And you've seen these relationships where one person makes all the decisions and have all the power and the other person needs to remain silent unless spoken to, you see, which goes down another road of where you should not be dating if you have low self-esteem. Because people with low self-esteem will always be taken advantage of in the dating arena. And too many men and women are out there looking for their ideal mate. But you don't have the ideal self-esteem in order to engage the type of mate that you want. So if I speak to a young sister, what type of man you want? I speak to a young brother, what type of queen you want? They describe them. Is your self-esteem at a level that this type of person will want you? Oh, Because you can't hide how you feel about yourself. Once you've
0: been around... I agree with that because a lot, excuse me, burp number two or three, I don't remember. Because a lot of times we attract where we at. And it's not necessarily, it's not even necessarily uh, attracting. It's the choices that we make. Because even if you are a self-aware person, you're you're um, healing, you're working on your Yourself and and all that good stuff, and you're confident or whatever, you're still going to attract um, people who have low self esteem or low vibrational and stuff like that because they're going to want to feed off of um, where you're at. They see you and they be like, oh, that's where I want to be, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or that looks good. And they'll come to you. So it's not even an attraction thing, it's the choices that you make. And you make these choices based off of where you are at with your self esteem. With your trauma, with your healing journey,
2: a queen for a couple of weeks. She know how you feel about yourself, just like you know how she feel about herself. When you've been around her for a couple of weeks, so the role of self esteem
0: is crazy. Because you can be in a, you can be a person that's working on yourself, self aware your issues and stuff like that. You know your triggers. You, you know, what I'm saying, going to therapy and all that other stuff, and still choose to be in a relationship with a person who is toxic and all that other stuff, you don't, You may not see it right away, but then you start seeing the evidence of it once you get deeper into that relating period and then you start getting to the point where you considering partnership, and you be like, yeah, I don't, this ain't it right here. This ain't it. This person, you know what I'm saying, is not trustworthy. They trying to go through my phone. They blowing, me up, blowing my phone up. They won't allow me to you know, hang out with the fellas. They won't, you know what I'm saying, let me work on projects by myself. They won't let me develop myself. They think I'm just doing whatever. And then you make it, you got to make a choice after that. And if you're healthy enough, you'll make that choice to be able to let them go. If you're not, you'll, you'll stay in that situation and y'all both be toxic and running that cycle together. Because as you know, a
2: player, a brother who knows how to game women, He can read their level of self-esteem quickly. He knows exactly what her thirsty meter is hitting. That that is
0: true. And if he's a player or if he's just a straight up pimp, because, you know, that's that's pretty much the pimp, the pimp code right there. If you are actual pimp, (laughs) that's what pimps do. That's what pimps used to do back in the day. They will feed off these women that are hella insecure and they will work them and make them work for them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not funny but y'all know y'all know why I'm laughing See, and a woman
2: knows exactly what his thirsty meter is hitting at Absolutely. but getting back to those four essentials you need humility I gotta be humble enough to be quiet when she's wrong to hear her out I gotta be humble enough
0: Go to ways. remain
2: quiet while she's expressing her points about me everything she just said may be wrong She may have accused me of cheating. She may have accused me of all kinds of things, but guess what? This is her truth in this moment. Let me shut the fuck up. (laughs) Let her say what she need to say when she's done. Reflective listening. Baby, you believe the reason I came home at one.
0: See, I get all of that. And this is what, this is the issue that I had with Dr. Umar. He always takes it from that angle that the man, the black man is supposed to cater to the black woman in these situations and i feel as though not 100 percent, no because it's a lot of times where as we know you know what i'm saying women they are they express themselves more emotionally but that they doesn't mean that they emotionally mature or emotionally intelligent so a lot of times it doesn't need to be the. it's not even the man that's supposed to be sitting there and being quiet and quote unquote shutting up and all that other stuff. That needs to be the woman, because a lot of times the woman isn't emotionally immature or intelligent. And she's so caught up into her emotions that she doesn't want to listen. She doesn't want to take any type of constructive criticism. She doesn't want to take any leadership. And it. It's a no-win situation. So that's why you see a lot of guys out here, a lot of black men out here that are just quiet, very nonchalant, aloof, and just like whatever. Because they can never get a word in. They can never express themselves emotionally and they know that they won't be heard respectfully and properly one o'clock
2: last night because I was over my baby mom's is that how you feel do you believe that okay let me try to prove You see? <laughs> right. let me try to prove to you that I was not there you see what I'm saying yeah the problem with us because most of us was raised by women mm-hmm. we get a little bitchy you see that so when our queen get bitchy, we want to get bitchy right back. That's not the behavior of a man. That's not masculine. Masculinity says she's in her pain. and because she's in her pain, I'm gonna validate her even if she's incorrect.
0: I agree with that, and I've already mentioned that already. When a man is in his caught up into his motions and stuff like that, you look at him like he's acting like a little weak ass, you know what I'm saying? a bitch. So in those situations or whatever yeah a lot of times that is the gauge on what type of dude you dealing with and even if you can you can almost sit there and, and see if the woman is trying to pull that out of you like is she really trying to work something out or is she just trying to get you caught up and 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 only Focusing on you trying to feel her pain and to hurt you as opposed to you feel her pain in order to work out a situation. But a lot a lot of black men haven't been taught properly how to deal with their emotions, because like you said, they've been raised by black mothers. And. They don't know how to. Lead in those situations
2: because I don't
0: ever want her to feel that
2: I don't understand where she's coming from. We get right into
0: black men are supposed to be good listeners. We supposed to be able to validate black women's feelings and stuff like that, you know. So I'm not arguing against that. You know, um, I think that is very important. So it is important to allow the woman to speak or whatever. But we got to get to the point where we actually dealing with a woman who is emotionally mature in these situations enough where you can allow them to speak, you can take in what they're saying, and then you can respond to them and actually work something out. Because a lot of times people, man and woman, they get so caught up into their emotions, they not trying to work nothing out. They just caught up into their emotions. They so deeply caught up into their emotions that they ain't caring about working out nothing. They just want to – they feeling pain right now, and they want to get all that out. So, need nobody listening to each other.
2: <laughs> Defense mode. Raised by single black mothers, we want to give her back the same energy she's given us. That's a gridlock. We don't move nowhere. You got to have, like I said, the next thing you got to have is you got to have communication. One of the biggest mistakes we have in our relationships in the black community. We want our partners to read our minds.
0: Huh? And this right here kills the hell out of me. The assumptions, the assuming, the reading our minds or whatever. Talk like talk if we adults talk bruh you don't need to be doing no ghosting you don't need to be doing no silent treatment you don't need to be doing all this other crazy outlandish stuff to get somebody's attention when you can just talk talk talking is the best way to get an indicator if somebody is for you or not whether you're arguing whether you're in the beginning stages of dating, the beginning stages of a relationship, and you're moving or you moving further along in a partnership. Talk. Talk. People are afraid to talk because they're afraid to be rejected. They're afraid to be abandoned. They're afraid to hear the word no. I'm speaking from experience. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. I get it. You're afraid. I get it. Most people are afraid.
2: If you're in a relationship with a woman who needs you to read her mind, that is an emotionally immature woman. And you need to end it. (laughs) A woman should be able to tell a man what she wants and how she feels. And a man should be able to tell a woman what he wants and how he feels because it goes both ways. Whenever you're in a relationship and somebody expects you to read their mind. As I've often said to sisters, I'm a psychologist, not a psychic. You understand? I observe and evaluate. I can't read. You see? So
0: tell me. Because, like I said, feelings, emotions are fleeting. They're just feelings and emotions. People, a lot of people think feelings and emotions are facts, and they're not. Feelings and emotions aren't facts. That's why they go up and down. That's why you can be so caught up into them one minute, one hour. Or for a day and then come back and be like, damn, that wasn't it wasn't even that deep, you know? It wasn't even that deep. But then you got to the point where you probably messed the situation up so bad where you can't come back from it. Because people don't know how to be emotionally mature. And people don't understand their emotions. And and this just piggybacking off of me going to therapy and stuff. And I've talked about this plenty of times. And and this is why I say words are important. When I first started going to therapy, the only the only emotions that I knew were anger and aggression. As a black man, that's what most of black men know. Anger and aggression. And when I was going to therapy with uh the black this black woman therapist that I had at the time, and she gave me a list. One side was positive emotions and feelings and the other side was negative emotions and feelings. And every time I had a session with her, I had to go through this list to say how I was feeling. And I still got the list. I still got them Jones upstairs. And I, I look at them sometimes, even when I journal, I look at them sometimes to figure out, you know, when I'm writing in my journal, what I'm actually feeling. Because those words matter they shape how you're thinking at the time and the actions that you're going to make. That's why words are just in the, as important as actions and thoughts. Because those words and the meaning of them shape your thoughts as well as your actions. It's a cycle. How
2: you feel, the reason why a lot of sisters would rather us feel them out than communicate to us how they feel is they're afraid of rejection huh they don't want to verbalize it because they're afraid it may get rejected so mm-hmm. they would
0: rather you read the mind so and a lot of times and this is speaking from experience a person who has dealt with rejection and abandonment since our emotional rejection and abandonment as well as physical rejection and abandonment since i was a kid you think that's the end all be all you think soon as you're as soon as you get this feeling that you have been emotionally rejected or abandoned, that that's the end of everything, that you can't come back from that. Because in that moment, you think, though, that those feelings that you're feeling at the time are facts, factual, and it may not be factual. It may just be some trauma just coming up from the past or some triggers or something like that. The person telling you no or giving you the answer you don't want doesn't mean that they don't love you. They don't care about you whatever. This is a person as well that has to keep some certain boundaries in place for themselves. And they just may not feel comfortable doing or saying, you know what I'm saying, what you want them to say it or how you want them to say it. And I had to learn that for myself as well. You know what I'm saying? This is a person that has their own life and stuff. So if this person isn't comfortable with something that I'm asking or that I want from them. That doesn't mean that they don't love me. They don't care about me, that they still don't want to be around me or work with me and stuff like that. That just means that they just don't want to do it or they don't feel comfortable with it. (laughs) I mean, it's sometimes it's just that simple. But feelings. And emotions will make you think that it is just off the wall thing that means that this person doesn't like you, they don't love you, that they don't they don't like you, they don't want to be around you, whatever it is you're feeling in that moment. Because sometimes you can get so wrapped up into these emotions and feelings and get attached to them, where they where you start just coming up with all types of scenarios. You know what I'm saying you you just making you just making up stuff.
2: They don't have to uh, d- uh, garner uh, 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 the audacity to tell you exactly how they're feeling. In other words, you need to make a decision whether or not you're going to marry me. We've been in this relationship for three years. You see that? Yeah. She wants to say it. She ain't got the courage because she's afraid of what your response is. Mm. So she's been pouting around the house, acting up like, what's wrong with her? She want to know where this relationship is going. But she's not going to say it because you ain't giving her the confidence to say that. You see? So we have to make
0: sure that when we are dating- See, I don't necessarily agree with that. Not not totally 100%. Like, yeah, I do agree that some people aren't safe spaces and they don't allow you to communicate with them and stuff like that. I, I understand that. But I'm not gonna totally look at it like, see, that's that's one of the things that I have issues with, Doc Noemar. He speaks too much in the general terms where he's making it seem as though all black men do this and all black women do this and there is there is always a gray area everything isn't black and white the gray area is much more larger than the black and white
2: people we're dating people who mirror our psychological age Because all of us have a biological age. We also have a psychological age. So let's say you're 45 years old, biologically. Your queen is 45 years old, biologically. Mm -hmm. But she's been traumatized, raped, abused, abandoned by her father, emotionally (laughs) scarred by her mother. Although she's 45 biologically, psychologically, she
0: could be 12. Mm -hmm. Psychologically. And I talked about that. I use myself as an example. When I first started going to therapy, I was 30 years old when I started going to therapy. I'm 42 now. And when I first started going to therapy, although I was 30 years old, that was my biological age. I was still in certain areas of my life. I was still the 15-year-old teenager or I was still the 12-year-old boy or in certain aspects of my emotional maturity. And intelligence even the emotional maturity intelligence of the the five and six year old self of you know what i'm saying of me because i just didn't understand emotions and 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 feelings or whatever or i was still trapped in in those spaces in those trauma those trauma spaces that i've experienced like those trauma bonds you know you can have a trauma bond with your with your inner child isn't That that term gets thrown around a lot. And you can have a trauma bond with an actual uh person that you're dealing with, but you can also have a trauma bond with your with yourself, with uh your inner child, a a past version of yourself.
2: Could be sex. And the big reason why a lot of our relationships don't work out is you got two people who are around the same biological age, but psychologically they're at two different levels. Right. You see this you're like, damn, why is she acting like a child? Why is he <laughs> acting like a child? Because guess what? They are not psychologically where you are. And here's a big problem we have. We think we've met our match when we get into a relationship where we never argue and there's no type of conflict right. or disagreement. That's a trap.
0: You You know why that's a trap?
2: Everybody has a pain body. You got one, you got one. I got one, Mm -hmm. they got one. What is a pain body? That is an energy that you carry within your soul. It's a deep part of your unconscious that contains the memory of every negative experience you ever had in your life. From the time you got (laughs) bullied, you know, from...
0: uh, I ain't gonna lie. Even though I don't agree with everything, he he was cooking. He was cooking in this interview. And like, this part right here, he cooking right here. The pain body stuff, like, you can be so caught up into this certain moment in your life that you're taking it out on or you're projecting it on the person that you're dealing with, romantically and even platonically. Like, my um my healing journey just wasn't just in the space of my romantic relationships. Like, a lot of the things that I went through with my mom and my dad growing up, I've I've have I've been triggered in situations like at work or with uh friendships with my with my boys or just random people or whatever. Like getting in moments where I felt I needed to be in the defensive mode or I felt as though somebody was res- disrespecting me and stuff like that. So it's just not always gonna be in a relation a romantic relationship aspect and that's why I said that solitude thing I feel as though the solitude thing is a trap as well and this is speaking from experience a person who who has embraced solitude too much you know and this is something that I've had plenty of conversations in therapy about where I had to get out there in the world to actually practice these these uh tools that I've been that I picked up while I was in therapy You can't sit in solitude and sit there and think, oh, I'm healed. And you know what I'm saying? So then you just jump out there in the world and then you cool for a little while and then you get triggered again. And then you be like, damn, well, here we go right here. I mean, F-love or, you know what I'm saying? Forget people, man. I I don't like people and all this other stuff. And then you go right back into hibernation mode and you never really worked on anything. You just ran back, you know what I'm saying, in your cave. So that's why it's important to understand that being out there in the world and actually having relationships, not just romantic relationships or partnerships, but all relationships in the world. Those those are moments right there where you can be self-aware of the things that you have gone through and you can actually work on them.
2: Uh, your father spanking you in front of your friends, your girlfriend cheating on you. Everything you went through negative is in this pain body, right? You have one. Everybody got one. If you've never seen it activated in your queen-to-be, ain't time to get married yet because you have to determine whether or not you can live with her pain body when it gets activated. See, Mm. this is where we date for five years and everything been great. We moved in for one month. Now we're getting a divorce. (laughs) You know why? Because it's easy to date when y'all don't have to share the same space. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It's easy to date when y'all don't have to share the same space. Now y'all sharing the same space and all that that she kept hidden in her Mm -hmm. or all that you kept hidden in you, now it's going to come out. And do you want to know why? The ego doesn't like to lie. (laughs) Your ego never wants... When she says, are you cheating on me? You say, no, if you are. Your ego want to say, fuck, yeah, I'm cheating. And I'm like, <laughs> you, see? you see, the ego doesn't like the lie. You see, right. so once you're forced, three things normally force the ego to tear the mask off. Because when we're dating each other, we're basically dating the ideal self. We're projecting before the other person. We're not dating who we really are. When you meet somebody, you never tell them, I'm an alcoholic. I have trouble showing up for work at time. I had 10 jobs.
0: I agree with what he's saying, but I feel as though if you are in a space where you're self-aware of your own stuff, then you can pick up on stuff. You can pick up on things. Like, but I do understand where he's coming from because it's like you all, well, I ain't going to say you and we, but I've seen plenty of situations where people get married all quick or whatever, two, three years, four, maybe four years of dating or whatever, get married, and then they divorce like a year or two later or whatever, and um, it comes down to like, well, I'm going to let him go because it's a point that he going to make that I want to touch on.
2: In the past year, my father left me. I grew up in a brothel with my mother who was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. You're not telling her none of that. She has to figure out all your flaws on her own, just like you have to figure out all her flaws on your own. You see that. And so that's why we don't trust each other when we begin dating, because we both know we got a pain body. We both know we got baggage and neither person wants to be trans.
0: See, I don't, I don't look at it like that way. I look at it like not Not everybody is so aware like it's it's been. Going to therapy, like, every therapist has told me, yeah, you're very self-aware. Like, I pretty much knew the the crap that I was going through and all that other stuff, but I just didn't know how to work through it. I didn't know, I didn't have the tools to work through it. But sometimes you can almost be too self-aware, too self-aware to the point where that joint attaches to your ego and you think that you can do it all by yourself. But I don't think a lot of people that are dating each other, I don't think that they are self aware. So a lot of people think that they that they they're cool. They always they'll look at it as though that, you know what I'm saying, uh the the other person is the problem or the other person has the problem. Because some people just think that because they aren't quote unquote crazy or they have the need to be on medication or go to therapy or whatever that they got mental uh a mental illness or mental issues but we all have a we all have a mental we all have mental health just like we all have physical health just like we all have emotional health just like we all have spiritual health so those things can go up and down just like how our physical health can go up and down like some days you wake up with a headache so and that's physical So with mental or emotional, some days you might feel a little irritable. You might feel a little sad. You might have some negative thoughts in your head that you don't know where they came from. That is mental health. That is emotional health, just like it is physical health, just like with spiritual health. You might have a a moment where your faith is lacking or you, you know what I'm saying? So that is all Those things are all connected. They are all the same thing. They're just in different areas of, you know, our quote unquote body.
2: Parent about what their issues are from the beginning. Damn. See, we force the other person to learn them on their own. So nobody trusts nobody because I know you got shit in your closet and you ain't giving me none of it. And because I got to study you and I don't know how long I'm going to have to study you. I'm going to try to hold my feelings back as much as I can.
0: And for right. that very same reason, because everybody in protection mode is like particularly in, in the black community. And you'll see it with all these clips and stuff that's going around on social media on these different uh Podcasts and these platforms and with these some of these content creators that you can see a lot of them are projecting the things that they say when it comes down to relationships or partnerships it comes down to their traumas their pain bodies or their projections it's not in a mature standpoint or mature perspective or an intelligent standpoint or an intelligent perspective it is a trauma traumatic perspective a traumatic you know um point of view
2: we like to keep something on the side too because if this don't work out i need something else to fall out on well guess what
0: <laughs> and it's funny that he he's saying that because i've seen um over the past couple of months that 70 percent of women have a backup plan in their relationships that's that was the the study, the study in the poll that 70% of women have a backup plan. So it's always this stuff out here about black men. Um, well now nah, I ain't gonna say black, but well, men cheating and or dogs and all that other stuff, but women it, women always got a backup plan.
2: <laughs> if you got something on the side, there's no way you can be fully committed to this. Now let me tie trauma back into this. How can you fully love if you're too afraid to get hurt? Huh. Right. And if you can't fully love (laughs) because you're too afraid to get hurt, you have no business dating in the first place. Because what you might mistake for love is nothing more than a psychologically unhealthy attachment or addiction for someone else's presence in your life to validate you.
0: Mm -hmm. Right
2: now we got an epidemic. of,
0: And there is a lot of relationships or quote unquote partnerships now. A lot of people just out here for validation, they out here for comfort, they out here for familiarity, they out here because they don't want to be alone.
2: Black men killing their women. Mm -hmm. That wasn't love. You couldn't kill somebody you loved. You know what was going on? He was addicted to her presence in his life. His illness cannot exist without her presence in his life and because he can no longer have her presence in his life he's going to take her life mm. that's not love that's psychopathology and addiction wow. and you have a lot of traumatized black people running around thinking they are in love with people you're not in love you are simply addicted
0: right there's a lot of black men and a lot of black women out here that are just addicted to the people that they're with just like i said they want the validation, the comfortability, and the familiarity of their that relationship. That's why you see all these women out here going going uh off the wall, going through phones, breaking PlayStations, throwing Jordans in the water, breaking windows. Just like he said, you got black men out here. If if I can't have you, nobody can have you type mentality and stuff like that. You've seen it both ways. I mean, y'all be watching those shows on BET Plus and TV One and stuff with those shows where these people out here just be killing somebody because they trying to move on or they moved on or something, or you think that they moved on or they cheating or whatever. There's a lot of black men and black women out here that are emotionally immature, emotionally immature they don't know how to control themselves they don't know how to control their emotions
2: to their presence in your life they serve a purpose for you that's it it's not love and if you don't really understand what love is <clears throat> oftentimes clinginess attachment mm. thirstiness and addiction is called love and it's not
0: love don't hurt if it that's why all these Women out here, black women out here, trying to get the attention and validation on social media with their um bodies and stuff like that. You got the dudes out here trying to get the ev- validation and stuff with their money, cars, and clothes. It was a study that I just uh, saw the other night on social media. It was a study talking about how um just not verbatim, but um it it was talking about how Couples who post on social media more don't have successful relationships because they're only concerned about the validation of other people on, you know, on social media. And the more successful relationships are the relationships that don't be all posting on social media and stuff. And it makes total sense to me. I mean... It may not make sense to the people who are actually doing it, you know, all the posting and stuff, you know, but it's a validation thing, you know, because you shouldn't need no other person's validation for your actual relationship. If you are happy with that person, if that person makes you happy, you love them, you're in love with them, y'all working together, y'all having a great time, y'all have a end goal in mind and all that other stuff, then it shouldn't matter what nobody else thinks. That's just like for an individual, like. If you're comfortable with yourself, you're, you know what I'm saying, you you have good self-esteem and everything. You don't care about what nobody thinks of you. But I'm gonna finish it off right here. I'm gonna come back next episode and we're gonna go through some more of the uh uh episode um from this this interview right here with Dr. Umar. Once again, I appreciate everybody uh, who have been supporting A Taste to Consider Network on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, The new show, A Taste for Words, episode one is out. That's the new poetry series that I got out. The new uh, um, episode one, the poem is Missionary. I'll be coming back next week with uh, episode two. Episode 10 of Taste Reviews, Drink Edition has been uploaded already so it's up there right now um shout out to all the spotify listeners apple podcast listeners listen google play amazon music uh youtubers thank for all the people who support the show who have donated to the show um yeah, like, share, subscribe, download, all that good stuff. None of that stuff costs you anything. So just do it. I mean, it's just it's not that deep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're comfortable with yourself, you'll be you ain't gonna be afraid of what nobody thinks if you uh share my show. Y'all share uh celebrity stuff that y'all don't even know. Y'all know me, so you know what I'm saying? Help a brother out. But <laughs> well, nah, I'm I'm out of here. This is a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and I'm out.